0: This is episode 64. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. It's produced at our headquarters here in Sacramento. In this episode, Community Emergency Response Team, or CERT, and the first national conference of its kind just held in Southern California. It also happened to be the kickoff for Governor Gavin Newsom's California for All initiative. The California dream, the idea that every person can achieve a better life regardless of where they start out is central to who we are as Californians. We'll have two interviews for you this time. The first with Karen Baker, who is the Chief Service Officer with Cal Volunteers. Was then followed by Andrew Burroughs, FEMA's citizen responder lead with CERT. He'll talk about preparedness and not just the go bag.
1: 40% of Americans would have a hard time laying their hands on $400 in the event of an emergency.
0: Also, the potential power of CERT, what it's doing well, and where he hopes to take it in the near future.
1: California is very often a demonstration of how CERT is done right.
0: But first, Karen Baker will talk about the National CERT Conference.
1: So to be with other peers
2: from across the nation, both learning new, new tricks, but also celebrating their service.
0: And the partnership between Cal OES and Cal Volunteers and a significant commitment by the state to Californians' resilience.
2: This $50 million emergency preparedness campaign is going to be coming to your community.
0: You know, millennials get a bad rap, but you may be surprised to find out what she says about them and volunteerism, as well as the problem they're having right now with volunteers. And it's not a bad problem to have. All that and much more right now. Okay, so this episode of All Hazards comes to you from the beautiful... San Diego. Isn't it gorgeous, Karen Baker? It
2: is so gorgeous today.
0: I can't believe it. I've heard about June Gloom, but we haven't seen any of that. (laughs) No way. This is gorgeous. (laughs) June Gloom. I used to work here, by the way. I used to live uh, and work on the sub-base not too far from here. No way. That is remarkable.
2: Well, it's a beautiful community. It's so welcoming. It is. So
0: so as I mentioned and alluded to, we're here with Karen Baker, who is the chief services officer for uh, California Volunteers. Cal volunteers, I guess, is the short way to say it, right? Sure.
2: Okay. You can say it any way it comes out. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so there are some folks wondering, I'm sure, what we are doing here in San Diego. And it's not just the two of us, there are hundreds of us here in San Diego. Yeah,
2: over 700 attendees from over 30 states and also Mexico and Chile.
0: That's incredible. So, how and why are all these people? assembled here. Tell me about it.
2: Well, this is a national CERT conference that California um, took the leadership role on. Um, It's the California for All CERT and LISTOS um, Emergency Preparedness Conference. And we're just so thrilled to see so many CERT and LISTOS chapter members show up from around the United States and the globe.
0: Okay. And so for those who don't speak Spanish, LISTOS translates to what?
2: LISTOS means ready, and it's an eight-hour family readiness Uh, And preparedness training that takes place usually in people's living rooms or in community centers um, to help community members in Spanish learn how to get ready.
0: Great. And, And of course, we know how important that is. Here at Cal OES, we always say preparedness. You've got to prepare yourself, have a plan. And that's just the tip of the iceberg here.
2: Yes. Yes. Definitely. And we, at this conference, they're going to be learning both the CERT and the ISTOS members all kinds of new, you know, tools for their toolkit uh, in order to get their communities prepared. We're very excited about that.
0: So there were a number of speakers who came in and had uh, their own messages to convey, and we watched some videos. Um, For you at this particular point in time, what do you think is the sort of key driving message for this conference? What does everybody need to know about why these people are here?
2: I think the most important thing is knowing that they're here to kick off the California for All emergency preparedness campaign with the CERT and LISTOS components just the first ones out of the gate. This is the big moment where we're saying this $50 million emergency preparedness campaign is going to be coming to your community. And the people that are gonna be bringing it are gonna be members of CERT, they're gonna be members of Listos, they're gonna be FireSafe Council members, AmeriCorps members, and other nonprofit partners in your community, and we're just so excited to be all together. <laughs>
0: I think everybody else is excited too. The rally that happened at the beginning of this thing was incredible. We had all kinds of party favors, explosions that happened. I was just waiting for a firebomb or something to go off. In it, the was of... it was a little dramatic. We like it that it way. But it drove home the <laughs> message, man. This is fun, but it's important. Yes,
2: right? it is both. And you have to make it both. Yes. You know, you've got people that are volunteering their time, and they're so committed. They're so passionate about the whole message of preparedness. So to be with other peers from across the nation, both learning new new tricks, but also celebrating their service. That's what's kind of going on here. And they do
0: deserve to be celebrated. Uh, These people uh, dedicate a lot of their time, their free time, uh, what little of it many of us have.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what I really just so responded to is Director Mark Girladucci, who made it so abundantly clear that although Cal OES is literally the bedrock of our emergency response engine here in California, he, he recognizes and so appreciated the fact that we need volunteers at our side mm-hmm. in order to kind of tackle all that comes at us both during preparedness, response, and recovery. So that was just a real, real exciting moment.
0: So a real big poignant moment was when um, Vance Taylor, who is uh, the leader for our Access and Functional Needs uh, Division, um, there were a lot of tears, a lot of responses to what he was saying. He is such an A good speaker, he can relay information in a way that the message hits the heart.
2: He was, I think, he's ready to go on tour. As Mm. far as I'm concerned, I I mean, I think people here were so touched by his message. And I think what's great is he was able to show how people with access and functional needs um, actually often can be the inspiration for other folks that also may be struggling with other issues, but may may not. Be able to be as visible with those needs. Right, to, told a very poignant story that really rocked the room.
0: It it really did. It uh, the message was one about inclusion, yes. and that's exactly what California for All is is about. It's not only about preparedness, but it's about inclusion for all. And he emphasized that point. Yeah, I
2: think when the when the governor came up with that tagline, California for All, he just wanted everyone to have a bite at the American. California dream, right? And by saying that it's for all, it's saying not just those of us that can afford it, but, you know, everyone, regardless of income, um, access and ability needs, uh, seniority, uh, poverty levels, like everyone should be able to access it, regardless of what language you speak. You know, everyone should be able to realize the California dream. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is so poignant about that that wonderful tagline. Uh,
0: For sure, for sure. So there were uh, obviously a number of other uh, folks who spoke and we don't obviously have the time to go into every one of their messages, but really I think what's important here is that it illustrates the importance for people to do their part, whether it's their part for their community or even for their own family or for themselves. Again, being prepared, because the more you can be prepared for yourself and for your family, should a disaster happen and impact you, then you will be more resilient. Oh,
2: absolutely. And, you know, the governor, um, and this is a a partnership between Cal OES and California volunteers, we are here to really start a $50 million preparedness campaign, which begins with the cert and listos component and AmeriCorps, but will include... Um, local CBOs, community-based organizations, regional CBOs that will be working also with FireSafe councils, with all kinds of additional partners from the faith-based world, businesses, all together realizing we all need each other, we have to depend on each other, and we all have to get prepared. And that's why this investment from both the legislature and the governor is so important.
0: Yeah, well it shows the commitment. And, uh, and, I, and I think uh, Mark Gilarducci uh, made a point to say, you know this started with Governor Brown's administration. That's right. But at the same time, you know uh, Gavin Newsom was there too.
2: Yes, I think I think you know disasters hit every single governor. I've been I've worked for three of them, and and I can tell you it just uh, it is getting a little bit more intense. Certainly, I mean that is definitely hitting us. Mm-hmm. We know um, and we see in the nonprofit world that um, we end up supporting whether it's faith-based organizations or um, disaster-serving organizations like the American Red Cross that we are providing backup volunteers to, or whether it's working with our local emergency responders with our CERT and Listos resources. We're just seeing a, a significant uptick in the number of incidents, and so we have got to grow this pool of passionate people and get them trained up.
0: What have you seen over the years?
2: Oh, it's it's been quite interesting. I mean, I think it used to be, I mean, there were some years where we might go even two or three years without a significant incident that was uh, all hands on deck. It feels like for the, since 2012, it's been absolutely nonstop. It does. And, and it's, you know, you're going to Ventura, you're going to Paradise, you're going to Santa Rosa, you're going everywhere. Right. Um, I certainly know our colleagues at Cal OES have got to be the most uh, exhausted group of people. Well,
0: <laughs> they are exhausted, but uh, you know we we're right there with the firefighters in terms of the, the hours. We follow them where, where the Oh, it's, it's where the so inspiring. We go it's there. so
2: inspiring.
0: And here's the thing, too. You're right. Uh, they told me when I began working at Cal OES in 2014 that I would be doing some traveling.
2: Yes, I, I've done know a lot more traveling.
0: <laughs> I have done more traveling than they ever expected. I think because of these disasters, the wildfires, the floods, the you know the, the mudslides, yes, and just, absolutely, it just goes on. And it started with the drought.
2: Yep. Yes, it did. They, and and what I think is kind of important is our first responders and our team at Cal OES are so consumed with so many disasters that's where volunteers at the local level can give such a fresh. You know, fresh bit of air, yeah. fresh energy, people that maybe have not been directly impacted by a given incident. I know when we brought San Diego CERT volunteers up to Butte, the fact that they had not personally been traumatized by the fire, their house did not burn down, mm-hmm. meant that they were so much more emotionally available as well as being able to be physically there, you know, uh, to assist those yeah. families in need. Right. And that's really important to have those that fresh group of of recruits
0: yeah because their energy uh is absorbed by everybody else who you know you get a fresh set of of eyes and personality who come into a scene and you're exhausted and they have a way of reviving you if you're feeling down if you're uh emotionally spent they have a way to revive so they may not realize it or maybe some of them do but having them there uh you know, spiritually even. Yes, helps. absolutely. Big time.
2: Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. And I've seen people that have turned to me when I've been with groups of volunteers and they've often said to me, well, you know, who are these people? And I said, they're volunteers with CERT or with Listos or with AmeriCorps. And they're like, they literally aren't paid to be here and they're here. They're like it, they're, they're blown away by yeah. that. Yeah. And just the, the kind of compassionate, you know, response really moves people in a way that's really important to heal our communities.
0: So let me ask you this. What have you seen over the last few years with regard to volunteerism from your personal perspective? Yeah.
2: Well, first of all, I think it's definitely on fire. I mean, the millennials, especially as an age group, couldn't be more passionate mm. about volunteerism if, if they tried. I have see a big uptick in corporate volunteerism. Corporations, um, we get pretty swamped by phone calls. It could be, um, you know, Bank of America calling. It could be NBC Universal calling, all saying, "Is there any way that we can um, put some people to work that are ready to offer extra hands, skilled volunteers to this incident?" So uh, w- we see a lot more of these kind of large-scale group volunteering that are kind of coming at us, which is just a wonderful problem wonderful. to have. But it's yeah. a, it's something else that has to be just kind of managed and. I'll in a lot more sophisticated way where it used to be just, you know, folks closer to the incident would kind of come in to assist. Now it's much more, you know, you'll you'll get busloads of people driving from LA up to Paradise, you know, wanting to, you know, assist in any way they can.
0: Wonderful. Alright, so uh, final thoughts. I want to make sure that uh, you have a, an opportunity to just say whatever's on your mind uh, and then also tell folks what they can do to possibly help.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, what's top of mind is just gratitude for our CERT volunteers and Lisa so volunteers that are all part of the California for All Emergency campaign that we're really launching today. It is such an exciting moment. Um, and I just want to thank them for their time and their commitment and their passion. Um, and I guess for your audience, it's just, you know, if you see someone out there volunteering, be sure to pat them on the back and thank them for their service, much like we do our, our active military, you know, because they're out there doing a job as well that mm-hmm. I'm just hoping everyone is also grateful for.
0: Where can people go if they want to, let's say, if they want to volunteer? What do you tell people who, sure. who want to help? If they I, want to join service, if, if they, they want to?
2: Absolutely. They can come to our website. We which is at CaliforniaVolunteers.gov. Absolutely, we'd love to have them be a part.
0: Awesome. All right, so we're talking again with Karen Baker, who is the...
2: Chief Service Officer for the State of California, Office of the Governor.
0: Karen, thank you for your service.
2: You bet you, thank you.
0: take care. Time now to sit down with Andy Burrows, Citizen Responder Lead with FEMA. He's been the lead for their CERT program for two and a half years, and has a lot of plans to move it forward. And he touts California as the model for how other states should run their programs. You might find it interesting to learn what FEMA's number one strategic goal is. Andy Burroughs, thanks very much uh, for joining us here with uh, All Hazards, our little Cal OES uh, podcast. I appreciate you being here. This conference seems to be significant in a number of ways. You are here... Um, representing FEMA's CERT.
1: Yes, I am the Citizen Responder Lead uh, in the Individual and Community Preparedness Division at FEMA.
0: Okay. So, you made the trip down here um, from the East Coast all the way to sunny San Diego. What motivated you to be here?
1: Well, we want to engage and support the CERT program nationwide. Uh, my office is the proponent office for the Community Emergency Response Team Program, and this is a major event insert. Uh, We want to show national support for the CERT program. This is a federally supported program. Uh, We had Assistant Administrator Kanooski to deliver an address today, and um, FEMA takes CERT seriously and want to always demonstrate that to the community.
0: As I was watching the opening ceremony and listening to um, all of the speakers, I got the impression, not that this was stated explicitly, but I got the impression that the push, not only here in California, but nationwide, to empower the citizenry, communities, to be more engaged in their own preparedness and their own response is heightened. Do you see it as that?
1: Absolutely. Uh, FEMA's number one strategic goal is building a culture of preparedness. And culture is the people. And so we need people to be engaged and to be responsible for their own preparedness. Um, When something happens, you could be on your own for a while and people need to be aware and take preparedness actions to get started and be ready.
0: One of the things that I noticed today that I think often uh, slips through the cracks is financial preparedness. Having some cash set aside. We talk a lot about, and I say we, I mean Cal OES talks a lot about having your go kit, having the things that you need for the next three, four days in your go bag, including medications and important documents, things like that. But I think we sometimes forget to really push how important cash can be in, in an emergency, especially if you know electronic payment methods go down. And the only reason I say that is because this conference is hitting on so many different facets of preparedness um, and community responsibility and community preparedness for themselves. What are the messages that you wanna make sure are put through uh, from your perspective at FEMA?
1: Well, to start with the financial preparedness piece, around 40% of Americans would have a hard time laying their hands on $400 in the event of an emergency. If somebody wakes up in the morning and their check engine light comes on and they feel a sense of dread, well, how are they gonna feel when there is a disaster and everything they own could be in jeopardy? When there is a storm and does severe property damage, how are they going to be resilient? And that is a huge concern and we, want people to assemble a kit and be prepared and all of that stuff but
0: it's tough when you're living paycheck to paycheck which many many Americans are so to be able to put that $400 dollars away or even two hundred dollars away uh, is difficult especially if you're going to put it away and not touch it but preparedness does come in many forms and that is what cert is about that's what listos is about and that's what um, FEMA is trying to get across. Where do you see FEMA's involvement with CERT? Well, let me back up. What is FEMA's involvement with CERT right now? And then where do you see that going?
1: So the National Program Office, which again is in my division, uh, we are responsible for the national CERT curriculum and the national registration website. And we also do some national communications work. We are the one thing that binds CERT across the country into a coherent program. Uh, People in California get the same training as they do in Florida or Maine. And so our office is responsible for maintaining that curriculum, maintaining all of the specialty supplementals. Uh, We have uh, guidance on everything from traffic control to animal response in an emergency. And so we maintain those things.
0: One of the goals here at this conference is to figure out how to improve CERT, mm-hmm. improve Least us. Mm-hmm. What do you see in terms of improvements coming down the pike, and what would you like to see happen? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that the best way to answer this question is to talk about what is going right with CERT. And California is very often a demonstration of how CERT is done right. You have across this state engaged program managers, engaged sponsoring organizations, and an engaged state government. Um, Without an engaged sponsor, programs can wither, sometimes go away. Programs that have engaged sponsors that... Are active in the training and find ways to involve the CERT program in whether it's training or response to events in the community or helping with community events, bringing CERT programs out to help with preparedness, engaging the community. Um, Those are the programs that seem to thrive. Those are the programs that make a difference in their communities. Those are the programs with more volunteers. The programs that have, uh, sometimes CERT calls it catch and release, where volunteers come to basic training and they're really excited to be a part of this program, and then they're finished with basic training and nothing happens. And those are the programs that tend to struggle and have issues. If the sponsor is engaged and keeps the volunteers engaged or works with the program manager to keep volunteers engaged. Uh, The program manager is a member of the program. The sponsor is the fire chief or police chief, office of the mayor, uh, office of emergency management in the city or county or town where the CERT program is hosted. Um, If they are engaged, then the program is successful and makes a difference in outcomes for communities uh, that are have, whether it's a a disaster or um, some sort of community event that they want to participate, CERT can help serve as an auxiliary for the official side.
0: So how do you change that? How do you get these sponsors to be more engaged?
1: Well, I think that the answer is for the sponsors who know the success that CERT can bring and know what a difference that CERT can make in communities, tell their stories to their peers. Um the citizen responder is not going anywhere. They are active in disasters and emergencies. They're usually the first person on the scene to a emergency, big or small. So a emergency manager can expend time and resources keeping those people behind the yellow line, as it were, or train them up, make them safe, and get them involved and see what a difference they can make for a prepared community. Um, so... The emergency managers and other people in the professional side of the business who have had success with CERT and have seen it make a difference and believe in the program can help us out by telling their story, telling their peers, submit articles for publication in their professional journals, tell their buddies they used to work with across the country that CERT can work and CERT can make a difference. Um, And I think that that will help make a difference in places where... CERT is maybe active, but could improve. Um, So to be able to tell the story of California, uh, a state that for the most part, I think, is doing CERT very, very well and demonstrate everywhere what a difference it can make would be a huge win for the state uh, and a huge win for the country and really help create that culture of preparedness that we were talking about.
0: Seeing the level of, of interest, the level of excitement here, does that, uh, does that give you hope? Absolutely. Um, it's crazy here. These people are passionate.
1: CERT volunteers are some of the most passionate folks you'll ever meet. Oh, yeah. Um, and But we, we know that. We know that the volunteer energy is here. And but the others need to know that, right? Exactly. And, and sometimes... The volunteer energy and enthusiasm might be a little bit off-putting to somebody who's on the professional side of the house that has a million other tasks to do, and now somebody's asking them to look after CERT, and they go, "Really? What, what am I going to do with this?" Well, the answer is, you can do a ton of things with it. It can make a difference, yeah. but it, you know, it has to be um, well looked after and organized. But once it does, it pays dividends, and I need the folks who have seen those dividends to tell their story.
0: Do you have any stories to tell, any anecdotes that demonstrate the success?
1: So I think that the stories I most like to tell are the stories of the programs that make a difference with the training that they give and the ways they engage their communities um, outside of the basic training. Um, You know, Every CERT volunteer gets the basic training. Sponsors may add to but not take away from. It's a pretty simple requirement. But they have the freedom to add to the training and customize and deliver additional training that may apply to their area. Um, I've often heard a story of a program in the upper Midwest. Uh, I don't remember exactly where they were. But one of the hazards they face is winter storms. And there's an interstate running through their county and motorists who are not from there frequently get just stranded in whiteout conditions, and people can die. They're stuck in their cars. They're off the road. It's below freezing. You can't see a thing. And, you know, this story, again, this was kind of passed to me secondhand, but, and please, one way you can help me is to tell me your story so we can tell everybody else. But, um, and so the sheriff said, well, you know, there's a snowmobile club in town, or snow machine um, club, Let's train them up. And so he started a CERT program, and that CERT would get called out during, I guess, these blizzards that just roll through with no warning, and they would check the interstate in that area and make sure that these people, uh, motorists, that there were no stranded cars and people inside them. And so they were trained, and they'd used their own machines— um, as far as I know, and they would tow sleds with rescue equipment and check on anything that looked like a buried car and potentially save lives. And again, that story came to me secondhand, but that's the kind of success that illustrates the potential power of CERT. Uh, they can help with staffing um preparedness fairs or other events. You know, you don't need to put on a separate special preparedness fair and hope people show up because the people who show up are already going to be interested. You want to talk to the people who don't think about preparedness. We don't want to preach to the choir anymore. We want them to help us. That's cert. So what we want to do is go to other events, maybe um, do a presentation or some sort of demonstration during the uh, Um, the stretch at a minor league baseball game, some sort of community engagement that gets people thinking about preparedness. Uh, Get CERT talking about mitigation. Uh, We know that every dollar spent in mitigation saves $6 after something happens. Hmm. So CERT can be involved in spreading this message all over the place. It's just a matter of, you know, it using the volunteers in a productive way.
0: And I love the fact that you bring up the idea or you bring up the example of this community that used their snow tractor club or whatever it was to utilize that technology. Everybody's got their own sort of specialty. If you are into radios, ham radios, obviously there's a place for those people in a CERT organization because if communications goes down, Sometimes the ham operators are the last line of defense. They're always going to get through for the most part. So why not take advantage of those folks? And I know that here in California, they do that. Regardless of what your skill set is, there's probably some kind of skill that you have that could be utilized by a a CERT team.
1: Yes. um, I mean, we are very fond of saying there is a place and a role for everybody in CERT. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons that the program is successful. There is a place for everyone in CERT. Uh, And yes, those skill sets are crucial. I I sometimes uh, teach the program manager and train the trainer course at the Emergency Management Institute. Um, I have come to the realization that I should probably get a ham license and a call sign and just write it on the board at the beginning or end of every class and I'd never lose touch with my students. No, not at all.
0: <laughs> no, that's so true. That's so true. If there's one message that you want to get out right now, if you want these people to do something, mm-hmm. what would you want
1: them to do? If you're listening to this podcast, you're you're probably already on the team, but get people who may not be on the team just to sign up for alerts and warnings. Download the FEMA app. Download whatever app or um, other means of alert that is happening in your community or that is used, whatever means of alert is utilized in your community.
0: Make sure they don't disable those notifications either.
1: Yes. Uh, Just even taking that one very basic preparedness action. Can get them thinking about taking more advanced preparedness actions, such as participating in a drill, uh, knowing evacuation routes, and maybe even making some sort of supply kit. Um, but that very basic thing that gets people starting and thinking about preparedness can get them moving down the road to being prepared, because so many people aren't even thinking about it. So just Signing up for alerts and warnings so that suddenly the fact that something could happen is on the mind could get them moving further in the direction of being prepared.
0: That's it. Start simple. Andy Burrows, who is the Citizen Responder Lead with the Engagement Branch of FEMA's Individual and Community Preparedness Division. Andy, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks a lot for uh, your insight and motivating these folks. And uh, we'll see you on the radio. Thank you. My sincere thanks to Andy Burroughs and Karen Baker for squeezing in time to sit down with me during the CERT conference in San Diego. We'll have links to the sites referenced in this episode, as well as a photo gallery from the festivities in San Diego. And of course, thanks to you for tuning in. That's a little old school, right? Thanks to you for downloading and listening to this podcast. We'd love for you to subscribe to All Hazards on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that may be. If you have any questions or ideas, send them to me. Email me at questions at caloes.ca.gov. One more time, questions at caloes.ca.gov. For everyone in the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, Public Information Office, I'm Sean Boyd, take care and be safe.
2: You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links and give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.